further information. A podcast about cops and those assholes who put anime stickers all over their cars. This episode focuses on cops. Today we'll talk to the most boring guy in the world. I'm kidding, of course, he's actually the most boring guy in the universe. But he does a thankless job that maintains your quality of life. Environmental crimes investigator. He's methodical, pensive, and he functions on only one setting, getting the job done. We started as classmates and then grew to love each other. Sexually, of course. This is Officer Bob, a Texas investigator. Officer Bob. I'm a police officer with an investigative unit for a sheriff's office in Texas. You used to work down south, right? Correct. Yeah. And uh, when you were out there, would you fair to say more, more rural than here? Yes. About, or about the same part of uh, course? I would say it's more, it's the population is about one third. Down, down there, right? Uh, in, in that in that county, because yeah, well, this the current county is also very growing very rapidly. Oh, so so I'd say it's half incorporated. Right, right, yeah. But so still so so well down over a million. Yeah, yeah. So down south, different, the same. You like it better? You like it better up here? I like it better up here. People, <laughs> the standards are much higher. Um, there's more curbs on the road. <laughs> um, there's more street signs up here. Mm. There's certain municipalities out there that uh, have the pole up there, but there's the street signs gone, and I don't know nobody. You just have to fucking guess where you are. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> You're like I made a left and I right. Yeah, and so um, on the flip side, though, what's better down there is all the streets are in a grid out the county, whereas mm. where I'm currently now, it's like a giant bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I cities. Mean, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, it has its pluses and minuses, and of course, the pay up here and the benefits are night and day much better. And so when you're down south, you say, uh, oh, yeah, it's an entirely different animal. Give me a good southern Texas cop story. Oh. How to chase a fucking cow, you know, sexual assault on a pig or something. Or, you know, chicken came to file a report with you and said someone stole his eggs every well, day. Well, I got, yeah. when I was, actually, because I did work for a city at one time in a neighboring county to this county. I was working for a city called One night I got a call and they, we are not CAD dispatched. How do you get dispatched over the radio? Well, they say they well, say, but you have, have you have a CAD. Uh, no, <laughs> we have a computer for two reports. That's this linked to the to the department. So you, you can't pull up your CAD and look at the call. That's and, correct. And route arrive comments. That's correct. Now you can run a driver's license. Will that get get attached to the call? Uh, not necessarily. Well, if you run it through the dispatch, yes. Yes, so, we're saying the same thing. So if you run somebody, there's no way to attribute. No, if I call up dispatch and say run so and so, then I assume. But but that's so strange. This but we don't. But see, our, their dispatch down there is run out of the S, the sheriff's office, hmm. whereas I was working for the city. Yeah, I I, I understand that. So, but but it's odd that a you're even make more making my point. A, a sheriff's office should have a cat. Right. right, and they still don't <laughs> to this day in 2024. In 2024. So you're down. And so, so and you're of course, so some people are like, how do you know where to go? It's like, well, you 
you have to listen <laughs> and you have to know the streets. Yeah, I mean, and my concern isn't even how do you, how do you know where you go because I mean it's not like uh, I, I'd say any good cop doesn't rely on the GPS on the on the on the on the MDC. But the bigger issue is call details, call history, sure. running plates, cars, and guns through the system. To, I mean, through the CAD to attach it to the job, to the call. You got to do it that, yourself. That, that's that's some of that you have to do yourself. That's some fucking. I mean, I got on the job in two thousand six, and we had that shit. So that's like right. some fucking nineteen ninety shit. So yeah, I mean, but you know what? I will say counties like everything done over the radio, right? Whereas in larger cities, we shut. I, I was I was trained to shut the fuck up, stay off the goddamn radio, and so it was funny because any time my municipality would get someone who used to be a cop at like you know some butt fuck you know county elbow or something, you they were the talkers, you know they wouldn't shut the fuck oh, up yeah. on the radio, and, and and they have them down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're working down there, and you had to arrest a cow who was fucking a goat. Is that uh, what you, is that what you said? So was that the story you were telling? Before that's not I, the story I was telling. Oh, oh okay. somebody calls up. Or, I'm sorry, a dispatch calls up, calls me up and says, 1208, we need you to head to, I can't remember what the address was, 123 Main Street. The, the complainant says that some relatives have come over to their house. She just had, she had just given a pill to her husband and these relatives won't leave. Could you come over there and get rid of them? So I was like, absolutely. I had a feeling I knew what the pill was. A Viagra, obviously. So I get over there, and sure enough, that's exactly what she gave him. And she's ready to get down with him. Mm -hmm. And, of course, these relatives had come over unexpectedly two weeks before Christmas and wouldn't leave. Well, they already left you, by the why time. Why did you know that that was the pill that she gave? What other pill would they, would she have given him to be concerned about what's going on afterwards? It could have been drugs. It could have been, could have illicit, been. Su illicit substance, but you, you, I had a hunch. You dirty little fuck. I know. You dirty little pervert. You just <laughs> want to see a bunch of old butt people fucking. Yeah. That yeah. was, that was a, that was a pretty entertaining one. Um, so how do you handle that? They'd already left. <laughs> so I guess I the mean, pill wore off. Right. How long you been on the job? Approximately 10 years. Um, what do you uh, think is the difference between uh, a sheriff's office and a city? So we're going to deal with a lot more rural issues. Also, of course, we can technically cover the entire county inside and outside a, any uh, municipalities or cities. Uh, but typically, we try to focus on all the areas outside city limits. Now, you happen to work for a, a fairly densely populated county, so do you ever butt heads with the local cops? I have in with a previous agency that was also a sheriff's office in another part of the state. Mm -hmm. uh, and nothing major, uh, nothing that I'd say would cause us to, that would hinder the job in any way. And nobody fighting on the side of the highway? I've never seen anything like that. See, my thing, my experience, my limited experience with sheriff's offices, because I've been a city cop my whole career, or I was a city cop my whole career. My biggest thing with sheriff's offices, no matter how big the county is or small, they're fucking lazy. C can you dispel that rumor? Uh, I cannot dispel that rumor, <laughs> uh, at least not with previous ex previous experience with, uh, with a previous agency. Now, my current agency, I would say it's reminds me a lot of a city agency is in mm -hmm. most of the officers, not all of them are young, but even the older ones, I would say most of them are not lazy at all. And they're actually out there working just as hard as any other city officer. 
as or any city officer. Mm-hmm. And so, but I have seen that firsthand with other agencies, uh, one that I did work with and others that I've seen up close that I did not work with. And so unfortunately, a lot of sheriff's offices have a lot of retired other job types. Uh, I, I can't speak for your agency, but it seemed to me that it was that was most most of the demographic of the sheriff's office. I I, I can't really argue with that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I could say that my current agency, I, I rarely, which you're going to see that with almost any large, any reasonably. Mm-hmm large agency but or a small agency unfortunately but uh current agency very very seldom do you remember your first caller yes some guy had who was about six foot five a former semi-professional football player who was every bit of 290 pounds solid had marched into his ex-girlfriend's house pushed her down the vet bed and insist upon having Intercourse with her. You don't have to PC it. He raped her. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, he, he wanted to. She, oh, yeah. He didn't. Okay. And so she got away from him and called us. And, of course, we get over there. He's still there. And, I mean, this guy, we had to give him, like, three handcuffs to, 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 to cuff him. Big dude. Huge. I mean, enormous. The FTO I had was, like, 130 pounds soaking wet. Not intimidating at all. Very little command presence. Really no business being an FTO or a cop. Now, you're tall, but at the time, how big are you? Nothing compared to this dude. (laughs) And so there was three of us there, and I don't think three of us could have taken him. But what he was scared of is he was scared of getting that taser because of all that muscle. And so that they FTO, know about that fucking taser. He was respecting they, that because my FTO was like had a death grip on his taser. Yeah, I they, didn't have one because I hadn't been there long right. enough. They know about that fucking taser, right? And of course, so anyway, we took him to jail, trouble free. And of course, they sent me down to do the report. And I'd I'd worked for a loss prevention uh, for uh, J.C. Penny for about three and a half years, so I kind of knew how to a little bit write a report. <laughs> And that's like saying he goes home. That, that's like that's like saying um, when I was six, my dad taught me how to ride my bicycle with just one training wheel. So I went ahead and joined motocross. You know, there you it go. Was, it was the same exact thing. It was the same exact thing. So I knew how what to did, ride a narrative. What'd you what'd you what'd you what'd you, what'd you charge him with? Uh, attempt burglary with attempt. Oh, with not a, his house. Correct. Okay. All right. And so good. Good. And so because there was no penetration. He did assault her by pushing her down the bed, of course. And there was a, you know, he stated his intentions. So I guess you could say that's the attempt. Yeah. And so anyway, my FTO decides, well, it's uh, my shift's over, so I'm going home. Have fun writing this huge report. And so two and a half hours later, I finally finished it. And after some other senior officer came in and said, yeah, you don't need this. You don't need that, 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 or that. And, of course, now if I had to do a report like that, it'd probably take me 15 minutes, if, if that. But, um, you know, it's amazing what you learn in 10 years. So when you're um, in training, this is your first caller, and you're looking at this guy. Are you thinking, I'm, I'm going to have to beat this guy's ass? I'm thinking I... I, I or he's gonna be my ass. I'm thinking this is this is gonna be a rough night if, if he if it starts getting physical. And and this is your for, foray into police work. Correct. Um, now I, I've been into a number of scuffles doing loss prevention. Sure. I've been dragged by a car. I've had 300 pound guy sitting on top of me. Um, 
which is the last place you want to be. Best thing to do is just reach up and tag him in the eyes, Three Stooges style, and that got him right off. Uh, I like it. Thank you. I've had road rash all over my arms and legs. I've gotten in more fights as, as loss prevention than I ever did as a cop. Sure, sure. Uh, so. You take the good with the bad. You take the good with the bad. What kind of crimes do you investigate? I primarily investigate environmental at the moment. I also assist with pretty much any other crime that comes our way as far as crimes against adults or property crimes. And I also do, uh, I'm back up for crime scene investigation. So this is when I play the part of the audience and I go, environmental, that sounds boring as fuck. Can be. (laughs) What's a good environmental investigation story that would make the public go, you know what, I'm glad, I'm glad Officer Bob's out there. So a few years back, I was actually out of state and I got a call from one of our patrol officers who indicated that someone had dumped, illegally dumped about 15, 16, 55 gallon, steel 55 gallon drums in front of someone's property out in the county on the edge of, on the side of of a county road. And there were, some of them were full, most of them were empty, some of them were damaged, most of them weren't. How did he, how did he know they were full? Uh, she, you can feel that there's something. So she in went there. up to it and jiggled the can. Right, <laughs> a drum. This is like a 55. Yeah, gallon. but still, Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> fucking so, go up there and jiggle the drum. And so <clears throat> she's like, you know, what do I do? And she said, they've uh, whoever somebody called out the uh, the county fire marshal or no, the fire department. And so they came and checked it out, and they determined, well, it, it's not a, nothing super hazardous. It's something mm-hmm. that doesn't belong there, certainly. But it's not anything that's going to uh, injure anybody by being close to it. And do you so, know what it was? Oh, yeah, I know what it is. It's, I, I didn't then, but I do now. And so when I got back, I drove over there, or I looked at, at the photographs that were sent to me by uh, the patrol officer. And I was like, all right, well, I, they're still over there. No, I take that back. They had gotten hauled over to... No, I take the back. They, they had been, they've been left there. So I was like, all right. So I go over there, check it out. And I find an address on at least two of them. And I find also some MSDS labels on, on several mm-hmm. of them. All and right. Let's, let's, let's pause here for a second. So MSDS material safety data sheets, but are there registration numbers on the barrels where you can ID the address or something? Uh, it was a, uh, a shipping label. Okay. So we had a recipient <laughs> and it's a, it's smart. A, It's an address in the county. And so Public Works picks these drums up and transports them to our our service center. And so I start doing some research on this address. And it's it's a nice size, probably 10-acre property on the east side of of our county. And I'm looking at the guy, pull up his driver's license, or identified who who owns it, and pull up his his driver's license. And I can, you know, you can just... I could tell by looking at this, this guy didn't dump this. This is, that's my gut feeling. He mm-hmm. didn't dump this. He probably hired somebody to dispose of it, mm-hmm. probably legally or mm-hmm. with legal intentions. Right. And then they chose, they made the poor decision. So I get my, print out some photographs. That's usually what I do when I go talk with somebody at their house and say, are you responsible for this after showing them the photograph? Anyway, I do that. And Super nice guy, very extremely forth, forthcoming and honest or seemingly honest about everything. And, and it turned out he was. Um, he said, yeah, that stuff, I hired somebody to haul that stuff off. 
He's a retired EDS executive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an old company that from yeah. here in Dallas. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, it was yes. an old tech company based yes. uh, all their, in Texas. All their yeah. employees had to be clean shaven. Mm-hmm. They had to have black pants, white shirt, white dress shirt with a button down <clears> collar, <throat> black tie, and and black leather shoes with no tassels. Mm-hmm. Very strict. Uh, Ross Perot owned it. Anyway, so he says he owns a, his property. There is a, is an equine ranch or a horse ranch, and he has one horse left. And he's about to he's about to sell it and move to a smaller property. And so he says, "I've this is horse fence paint, specially designed for a horse for a horse fence." Because apparently horses gnaw on uh, fences, and it's it, it tastes, tastes bad like, to tastes them. like shit to them. Yeah. Tastes tastes like shit to them, and but at the same time, it won't harm them, and it's also resistant to the weather. So petroleum, so it's petroleum based, and that's that's the problem. That's my problem with it. If it was water based, it wouldn't be much of an issue. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, so tell me tell me more about this. And so he says, all right, so I. I called up the the county dump, the legal dump, these legally licensed solid waste disposal facility in our county, and they said we don't take things like that. You're you don't. To, you can call it a fucking dump. It's a dump. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know. But if you want to get you technical, don't, you don't have to get all fucking pe- <laughs> Listen, you're not talking to the media here, okay? Right. It's the fucking dump. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's the dump. You know what? If you're a place that takes shit. Then you're a dump. <laughs> okay, they don't need to get all. They fucking, all smell the same. Yeah, you don't need to get all fucking highfalutin. Right. That's, that's like when the garbage man calls himself a uh, disposal specialist. No, you're a fucking garbage <laughs> man. You're a fucking dump. Right. So he calls them up and they say we don't take things like that, but here's a list of people that will that can take it legally. Mm-hmm. And so he calls one of them up and they quoted him four thousand five hundred or five thousand dollars. How many barrels are there? A uh, fifteen. And two two of them are like completely a, full. Seems like a lot for fifty fucking barrels. And so they charge you by the barrel, uh-huh. and whether it's full or not, yeah. because they have to incinerate yeah. all fifteen of them. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and believe it or not, these these barrels are like twenty years old, and they're still good. The well, two yeah, that are full, yeah, yeah. the paint's still good. Yeah. So he calls it. So they refer him to this place, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and now in the meantime, so actually getting back a little bit, I'm getting ahead of myself. So. I actually called up the manufacturer and they sent me the bill of lading on this original shipment from like 20 some odd years ago. They still had that. And they sent me the current MSDS on that type of paint. And they said, yeah, it's probably still good. If you feel like, you know, painting a horse fence in your spare time. And so anyway, that confirmed that it, you know, was this guy's. And so anyway, he, he's very forth, forthright about everything and forthcoming. And so he, he says, all right, so I had this this guy who had just graduated from a university in the area, and he's trying to make his – he has his own trash disposal company, and he had hauled off some old furniture for me about a year or so ago. So I called him up, and I told him what I had, and he agreed to – we agreed to a price of, uh, I want to say, $1,200. And this is all over text. And so he agreed to send someone out and pick him up. And so, a uh, he doesn't meet me, but someone that I guess he hired or his employee met me out or met me at my property with a, a U-Haul. And so he picks all fifteen of these things up, mm-hmm. and he goes, "I asked him, where are you going to take these?" And he says, "Well, I'm probably I live over in a city right outside of our county, a very small one, 
and, and not too far from where this gentleman's house is. And he goes, I, I don't know what I was going to do with him. Well, we know now what he did with him. He, <laughs> I don't he know. went in the opposite direction of his house and, and, and closer to uh, a, a, one of the a slightly larger city in the middle of our county and just left him on the side of the road in front of someone's property. And so I, uh, so anyway, I, I said, do me a favor. Can you get me some screenshots of those text messages and give me this guy's tele- telephone number and all that? And I said, um, just so I can prove that this is a text message from his number, do me a favor, delete his name off there just so the number's showing. So that's smart. Thank you. So I get back to the office and I start doing research on him. And oh, also he says, oh, he also gets me a copy of the blank check or the, the, the cash check cash check. And so it wasn't written to the gentleman that he contacted. It's written to some female. And he goes, I called him up and I said, who do you want me to write the check out to? And so he tells me. And so I said, all right. So I wrote out the check to this, uh, let's just go ahead and call her. Uh, so anyway, I wrote the check out to this female and I handed the check to the this driver and didn't know anything else about this until, you know, I came knocking on his door two weeks later. And so I start looking at, before I've made contact with this guy, and I said, do me a favor, don't contact this guy. And I, I trusted he wouldn't, and, he, and I'm pretty sure he didn't. And so I started looking at what's their link between this guy that owns this company and the female. Mm-hmm. Can't find any link. Um, one is has a Latina name. One has more of a Middle Eastern name. Not that it really makes a difference. But uh, looking at investigative databases, there's no link with, there's no common addresses, no common numbers. Um, they don't own any property together. So I, of course, did a grand jury subpoena on the check to see what account it went into or the account information, whose account it was, and it comes back to her account. And so it's, it gives me all her information, driver's license, social security number, all that stuff. And so finally, after I got all my ducks in a row, I called this kid up and he's like 24 and I said, my name's investigator so-and-so and with, you know, so-and-so department and, or office. And I said, um, your name's come up in an investigation. Would you mind coming up to the office and speaking with me about it? And he said, he tell he's a little rattled. And he said, yes. When do you want me up there? And I said, four o'clock. He didn't say, what is this about? Uh, no, he didn't, which I <laughs> kind of found that a little odd too, but I think he knew what it was about. Uh, I, don't think he did because he was there at four o'clock on the dot. And this now at this <clears> point after the grand jury subpoena, cause it's now it's been a good month and a half. And so I walk him back there and I said, all right, here's the deal. Explain what I do and, and who I am and all that. And of course I sh- start showing him photographs of what we found. And he says, yeah, I did get hired to haul that stuff off. Um, he goes, I subcontracted out to, the female's name. I said, well, that answers my next question. What's your link to her? And so he said, yeah, um, I paid her good money to haul that stuff to good money out of 1200. What did he give her? Fucking $30, half. So $600 to haul away 15 barrels. of There's a saying in, uh, retail and law enforcement. If it's fucking too good to be true, it's probably, yeah. The weight on these things turned out to be about 2,300 pounds. Yeah, because we went to fu- from fucking $4,000 to right. 600 bucks. Okay, <laughs> so so I said, okay. I said, here's the deal. I said, I can make this real easy on Because our bottom line is 
if they dump something, let's say something liquid or something in a river, then and we catch them in the act, then yeah, they're going to jail and we're going to prosecute because I can't go in there and scoop that stuff out of the river. But in a case like this, we've collected them. They're sitting over the service center. So the environment's not completely damaged, but somebody's got to pay to dispose of these legally. And it's not going to be the county. And it's it has to be somebody. So how about the guy that, you know, illegally dumped them? So I said, here's the deal I'll give you. Uh, I said, if you don't want to do anything, I can charge you, just for starters, uh, with illegal dumping, uh, a felony illegal dumping, which is a state jail felony, because these are clearly over 200 pounds, because anything that's over 200 pounds for commercial purposes, which we've got evidence of, of all that, I said, um, it's a state jail felony up to two years in prison. I'm going to charge you and her. And if I find out, who, if I can ascertain who the driver is, he's going to prison as well. Or, we can go with door number two, you hire someone who is licensed to do this and will show, give me in writing what they're going to do with it. I have to vet them after beforehand. And once that's done and they dispose of it legally and I get proof of the, all this and everything's done on paper and everything's done right, then we can close this out. And he goes, can we do that? And I said, I'm glad we're on the same page. So I said, the clock's ticking. I'm not going to give you a time frame, but you need to get on this. And I said, I don't care who does this. I don't care who who, uh, who initiates this. I said, but one or both of you needs to figure something out. So the next day I get a call from this female who I've never spoken with before. And she I maybe calling to verify that this is all really happening. And I said, yeah, this is, this is really happening. This is what I need done, blah, 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 blah. Explained to her, same thing I explained to the other guy. And she goes, well, my father owns a horse ranch. I said, no, nope, not doing that. You already had your opportunity. I said, these have to be disposed of by a third party, a legit third party that I've got to vet. So you need to get on it. So the next day I get it. Uh, she emails me and she found a, a, a paint disposal company in the uh, DFW area that I had already seen online and I believe to be legit. And so I looked him up independently, not the number that they gave me, even though she did give me the correct number. And I called the guy up. I explained to him who I was and what's going on. And I said, I understand you've been contacted by so-and-so. And he said, yes. And I said, okay, just make sure you've been told everything correctly. And he said, well, before I take this job, and I quoted them, I think, I think he said $2,600 cash. He goes, before I, I, I do this, I need, I need to come out there and inspect these barrels can you arrange for it? I said, absolutely. And she just tell me when you want to go. Tell me when you come out of here and I'll meet you. So he, we met like that afternoon and he had two of his guys come out and they weighed every single barrel and it came up to like 23, 2400 pounds. And so he said, okay, I'm going to have to adjust my price a little bit, but it's going to be in the 25, 2600 range. And I told them they have to pay me in cash currency, not taking a check, not taking a credit card. And before I'll do it, and I said, I don't blame you. A day later, he calls me up and says, I'm out. She's acting really weird and cagey and shady. And he goes, I'm out. And I said, I don't blame you. I said, I appreciate your efforts. So I called him, the the mail up, and I said, here's what's happening. He goes, yeah, I know, I know. He goes, I know all about it. I know this guy backed out. We're, we're on it. We're, we'll find someone else. And I said, all right. So the next day, I get an email from them, and they've contacted some company out of the Carolinas that does 
environmental disposal work all over the country and they've quoted them like $2,400. And so again, I looked them up independently, called up the rep that was on the uh, whatever billing sheet they, they sent me or the, the bid sheet that they sent me, explained to them who I was and what's going on. The guy starts laughing. He says, man, I've been doing this for like 20 years and I've never heard a story like this. I said, well, first time for everything. So he goes, is there any way I can get a guy, one of my guys that's there to come look at this stuff? And I said, absolutely. So I met this other guy there and he's a retired, or he used to own an environmental disposal company in another, uh, I think south of Dallas County. And it's one that I've, I've heard it. I know is legit and they're all licensed by the EPA and all that stuff. And so um, he said, yeah, this company, they'll, what they'll do is they'll haul it over to that facility and they'll and they incinerate it. And he goes, looking at the drums, some of them are, are in bad condition, so they're going to have to be overpacked. And I was like, what does that mean? Basically, you got to take this 55-gallon drum and stick it in like a 60 or 70-gallon drum that's made for transportation because if the truck uh, has a wreck, that way they're protected. Because these drums, there's there's integrity issues, structural integrity issues with them. That way, if we have a wreck, we don't have to worry about this stuff spilling all over the place and getting in trouble with DPS and commercial vehicle enforcement and all that. So I said, okay. So the next morning, uh, the rep for the Carolina company calls me up and says, um, so after my guy inspected that stuff, we had to up our bid a little bit. I said, okay. So we went from 2500 he goes, um, with this, this, and that. And so we're going to have to up it up to uh, about $13,300. I was like, okay. I mean, I want him to learn a lesson, but I don't want him to skip the country either. So I'm like, all right. Well, about that time, the mail calls me up all frantic and saying, yeah, I, I, I know what they're, I, I, he goes, I've called up the other guy and I begged him to, to take the job and he's agreed to do it. So I called the other, the first guy up. And he said, yeah, I agreed to go ahead and do it. They called me up, begging me frantic. And he goes, I said, now, just so you know, this other company has quoted them $13,000. And he said, yeah, I know, I know. He goes, I'm pretty sure they're just taking advantage of them. He says, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I said, okay, just so you, you know, once you take possession of them, you don't do anything legit. If I find out you did something illegit with them, you're on the hook. He goes, yeah, I know. he goes, I'll give you all the paperwork. I take it to such and such facility down, you know, south of and, you know, they're incinerated and I'll send you whatever paperwork. But why do you care? Because at this point, your decision is, I don't hey, want to pass the buck. Well, I mean, you know, how much fucking time and resources are you investing to this? You tell the defendant, this is what you, t- you, you take care of this shit or I'm going to fucking file on you. He finds you a company. The company's legit. You've done your research. I still due need dil- to, I still done for, your due diligence. I still need a CYA. And so, I, 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 up, so to, up else, to what point? If someone, you know, until I get the receipt from the facility showing he's delivered them to him and they've incinerated it, <laughs> which is like which a, is what happened. It sounds like a colossal pain in the fucking ass. It's so murder's real easy. You know, anybody who intentionally murders someone. You know, I think the there are some investigators that would disagree with you. Well, the, the statute's <laughs> easy to interpret, whereas illegal dumping, so household trash in your front yard that you generated there at the house and you dump in your front yard, not illegal dumping. It's nuisance abatement, 
it's trash or litter within 300 feet of a, of, a, of a roadway if you're within 300 feet of a roadway, but it's not illegal dumping. On the other hand, you start throwing worn machine parts or uh, trash that is not generated from your household. Well, now that is illegal dumping. So it, it gets, I guess what I'm trying to point out is illegal dumping is, can be a little hard to interpret sometimes. Thank like, you, by the way, thank you for dispelling the belief that uh, investigating environmental crimes is, is, is boring. Right. Thank you. <laughs> so it has a small bites. $64,000 question. Patrol or investigations? I love investigations. Love piecing it together, putting it all together, and having everything come together and finding out who did it and then going after them. I'm with you too. <clears throat> I liked doing it on patrol, um, but I love a good investigation. I like to ask my guests, because uh, I was pretty good at it. I think I'm a fairly decent investigator. You notice something. You see the butt of the gun sticking out. You find the guy on Accurant or Tilo. You make the link between. Give me a case where that one you notice, like, I got you, motherfucker. Uh, I'll have to give credit to my partner who first noticed it, but I'd like to think I would have noticed it as well. Uh, we had a DWI uh, New Year's Eve, the morning of New Year's Eve, uh, about three years ago when mm-hmm. I first started with this agency. And they had wrecked out in a yard. And the resident of that house was not home. They were out of out of town or whatever. And so anyway, they hit the front of the house with, and didn't really actually hit the house itself. Uh, crashed through some trees, uprooted some very large trees with a three-quarter ton Chevy truck or whatever brand it was. And I mean, just total this truck out. And we don't see the drive. We see empty beer cans and full beer cans everywhere in, mm-hmm. in the inside of the truck. And you could tell they're cold. And so they obviously were recently purchased, we don't see the driver anywhere. And so we start looking around in some of the surrounding fields and it's sort of a neighborhood, but sort of surrounded by empty uh, cotton fields. And fire department finds a person laying about 50 yards away from this house behind it, passed out. Mm -hmm. And so we walk up to him and we're like, hey, uh, you okay? And he kind of wakes up and he doesn't appear to be harmed. And he basically indicates that he is a victim of a carjacking and that he just escaped and mm. they wrecked his truck out. Doesn't know where he was when he got carjacked. Mm. Doesn't know where he's coming from. Smart. He's not from the area. Smart. Right. And not uh, the worst DWI uh, alibi I've ever right. heard. Right. And so he's, <laughs> he's basically claiming that uh, he escaped and the other guys, well, the other guys wrecked out and he escaped out the, uh, not the driver's side, but the passenger side. Hmm. And, well, that's when my partner finds his car keys in his pocket. Mm-hmm. And so he swears up and down he's not drinking, but you can kind of smell it on him. And mm-hmm. you can tell he's, he's, he's intoxicated. And so I, I kept asking him if he'd do a SFST, and they transported him to the hospital, and he still kept denying it and denying it and getting kind of belligerent about it. But I was being very polite. Now, how, how do you find the keys in his pocket? Did you search him? We just happened to see him in there. They were kind of coming out. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't make this stuff up. Did you ask him, hey. How'd you get your keys? Yeah, and who's, he, whose keys are those? I, I mean, at some point you have to make the link that the keys are to this car, right? Right, and they were. And so. How'd you find that out? I just matched them up with the car. I mean, just walked right over there and, yeah, that's the car. That's so you, the asked him, you asked him for the keys. Can, can I see those keys in your pocket? And then yes. you stuck it in the ignition. And we the asked car. him, 
if you got carjacked, why do you still have your car keys? Right. And he didn't have an answer for that. <laughs> so he's sitting on the gurney in the hospital, in the ER and he, he basically is, he's, he's being belligerent. And so finally I said, will you just let me check your eyes real quick, just to make sure you're okay. To, okay. And so he finally submits to an HGN while he's sitting on the gurney and he's six for six, six, six out of six clues. And so, Got a, uh, a blood warrant and got a blood draw. He was not happy about that. Did he his, refuse? He refused. Mm-hmm. And so his wife call, called up dispatch, and then dispatch put the wife through to us. And he lived, I'm not going to say what city, but he lived a good 35, 40 mm-hmm. miles, a good 45-minute drive. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't work in, in our area at mm-hmm. all. And so she had no clue what he was doing there, but she swears him, he never drinks, ever. I said, well, he did tonight. No, no, that's impossible. I was like, well, I, I was just, I'm telling you, you can smell it on him. And so anyway, we uh, took him, booked him in, and later we got the, uh, the blood test results. And I wanted, I can't remember exactly, but it was well over 0.10 or well over 0.08, but it was more like, like 0.16, 0.18. So, I mean, he, he had something to drink. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. you were on patrol at one point, right? Yes. And the way you and I actually know each other is we were co-SFST. Uh, we went to the SFST instructor school together. Correct. And then we've kept in touch over the years. And at some point you got on teaching SFST with me. And uh, you've seen me in action. You know how passionate I am about the uh, oh, TWIs yes. and stuff like that. Um, my biggest thing with uh, guests who come on here and then, of course, departments in general is nobody gives a fuck about DWIs. Right. Do you feel like you yourself hit DWIs pretty hard? Do you feel like your agency takes DWIs pretty hard? So when I got to this current agency about four years ago, four and a half years ago, uh, they... Nobody's verifying this. You know that, right? You could literally say anything. Try this. When I got to this agency 412 years ago, who's going to be like, hey! So you can literally say anything you want. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so what I got with this agency a while back, they had, I was the, I believe they might have had one intoxilizer operator mm-hmm. out of everybody patrol, and I'd say we we have about forty guys when we're fully staffed, about forty ten on each shift roughly, and that's including supervisors. And so I believe there was one supervisor who at one time was intoxilizer certified, might have still been, but he worked day shift. And of course, myself. They put the intoxilizer operator on day shift. Uh, he's he's a supervisor, and has tenure. <laughs> and so, so you might you basically didn't have one. In fact, I was told by uh, one of the uh, a patrol officer, one of the patrol officers, that oh well, DA's office won't take uh, intoxilizer results. I'm like, then why are they paying? Why what do they do, have one at our jail? What does that mean? They won't take intoxilizer. They won't. They want blood. We only get blood. I will. Why? I mean, that, what if that, they? What if they? I agree? think that that's a misstatement. Right. Oh, I, I didn't believe him. I yeah. knew he was wrong. Yeah. I was like, why are they paying a technical supervisor X amount of dollars per year to maintain this five thousand dollar instrument that's over at the jail? Mm-hmm. He didn't know. Well, they don't. The county doesn't pay. The, Somebody's paying them. The, Actually, the, some counties do. And so, in fact, I specifically tell well, you, well, counties who have employed large counties who have a forensic 
technician right. employed. And in this there. county, there's actually three employed, but they also handle other counties. So, or other counties' uh, programs. The pro- is okay. So, is your technical supervisor, or at the time, was was the technical supervisor an employee of the county? Well, somebody's paying him. How about that? <laughs> yeah. So, a lot of times, the tech. Uh, so, there are very few. I'll give you an example. El Paso PD, the city of El Paso, right. they have a an employee, a city of El Paso employee, who's a scientist who is the local TS and right. monitors the instruments. And I know San Patricio County does too because I've seen their payroll. But I think a lot of – I, I, you'd be hard-pressed to find one here in DFW. Um, but um, when you have – so were you an op, are you an operator? Uh, I was until right. I – So you were an operator when you first got on with yes, this agency. Absolutely. All right, so they got a, day, a, a, a grumpy old sergeant on day shift who's an operator, and then they got you. You're on what, nights? Nights, yes. And okay. so now we it's have, clear to me by this statement from this fucking idiot who said this to you that your agency didn't at least then take DWI seriously. Uh, I would probably say that's correct. Now, now things have changed radically. Uh, who, we actually who, have a who, DWI unit. And who 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 would you uh, attribute that to? Um, being humble, I would say I had a, maybe a little to do with now we have several intoxilizer operators. And I've had several several guys that I worked with on patrol that I was like, how about instead of doing the blood, we just go over to the jail and I'll run him through the intoxilizer. And they're like, man, that is so much easier. No shit. And, of course, you look at the stack of, of, of uh, test results, and, of course, it's like it's obvious because DPS uh, uh, and several other agencies, it's a stack of them. So, obviously, the DA's office there is obviously taking those, those blood test results. I'm yeah. sorry, uh, the intoxilizer reports. Yeah, it, it would be a total. It, it would, right. And, and you know, this is this is a lesson. And I want to get back to giving you credit for kind of spearheading this, because I, I, th- I think I think you're letting yourself off too easy. You know, you're a smart guy. You're passionate you. about DWIs. Don't worry, I'm about to insult you. That that boring ass fucking environmental investigation. Goddamn. But <laughs> but get, I'll get back to that in a second. But what, the point I wanted to make is. These dumb fucking cop myths. Right. They're fucking pervasive in Texas. Sure. They're pervasive in every state. One fucking cop says one fucking stupid thing and nobody goes, that doesn't sound right. Everybody, right. But everybody accepts it as gospel. You right. know, but, but, but why do they do that? Because they don't want to fucking do DWIs. Right. There are so many of these stupid myths, right? And we don't got time to go through them all, but, you know, I'll just run through them. Oh, you shall arrest on domestic violence. Cops can't be offended. Oh, if you get a good case that's a class B or above, don't write them a summons for the underlying offense because they'll defeat that in fucking city court. I'll be fruits of a price of a chair. Oh, fucking stupid. All these fucking stupid comments. <laughs> and kudos, getting back to giving you props, kudos to the guys who say, wait a minute, that's not right. Now, I'll give you more credit. In that guys like me go, that's stupid. That's fucking bullshit. You're fucking full of shit. You look like shit. You smell like shit. And you fucking shit out shit. Then you fucking take that shit and you eat it and you become more shit. You had the grace to say, hey, guys, why don't we try this? So it's a perfect blend of passion meets motivation meets innovation. Right. And you get... You start suggesting things, and at some point, now you have a DWI unit, so you guys are out there. You're hitting the DWIs. Now we have several intoxilizer operators. Mm-hmm. Um, we have several guys that do, and girls mm-hmm. who go out and get them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I would say... Rare to find a county SO right. that takes DWI seriously. So most, your, most don't. And I'll give you a really bad example of that. Um, there's a county down in South Texas, not one I've 
I've, I've not worked for them. I have friends that work there. One of their dispatchers about two years ago was hit by a head-on collision in the area and killed instantly mm-hmm. by a DWI driver. Mm-hmm. She gotten she gotten a promotion at work mm-hmm. and just got blitzed, tox, heavily intoxicated, and somebody made the mistake of not helping her out and mm-hmm. keeping her out of a car. Mm-hmm. And we had two people killed mm-hmm. on the the. Uh, Bridge. I'm sorry. No, nobody's sitting here googling it. Nobody's. Well, I still it. like to get it correct. And, <laughs> and so, and, and and that's a. Those are two lives we, that could have been saved. Exactly. And injured somebody else. I don't know if it's permanently or not. And so, and of course, the driver, the offending driver, she's she's still alive mm-hmm. and possibly possibly paralyzed, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly. Hopefully and in prison. Not. They haven't. They haven't been adjudicated yet. They're still mm-hmm. dragging their feet. And I don't know if they're dragging their feet but, on, but they just. But charged, right? And so... But charged, Oh, right? absolutely. And did she commit the offense in the county she worked in? Uh, well, she she was one... Actually, she was a supervisor or newly promoted supervisor for the bridge that's being built down there. Mm-hmm. My, fr- my friend was a dispatcher. Mm-hmm. She was a, she was a victim. Okay. And so, well, she works for a... She worked for a county sheriff's office. And mm-hmm. it's... Now, I could be wrong because I don't work down there and I do have friends, but it's my understanding that... You would think the first thing they would do, because she was very he- well thought of, mm-hmm. is everybody make damn sure, rep the date on this stuff, and start going after them, just for her. Mm-hmm. And so, I, unfortunately, I don't think that's happened. Why? I don't know. Well, you, you, you work with a lot of guys. You work with a lot of girls. I know their policy well, in the past has been, so when they have a traffic accident, DPS does it, which a lot of counties are like that. I know uh, county is. Oh, but you guys will fucking trip over yourselves to get a fucking joint, right? You'll trip over yourselves. Not myself. To get no. a fuck. <laughs> I don't mean you specifically. Oh, a lot of people will. Correct. You'll fucking kill yourselves for a fucking state jail amount sure. of fucking uh, a coke. Mm-hmm. You know, a fucking baggie that somebody's using on the you know, which I'm not saying is not shouldn't be illegal, but right. a DWI. And I've told people, I said, you know. You make that arrest, you probably save their life and probably. No, there's no probably. Yeah, there's no fucking probably. Let's just make it very clear. You got you got into this job to. Okay, you ready for the oral board? Sure. Right. Think back. Right. What? Why, Mister Mister Bob? Why do you want to work? I think I want to serve and protect. And I I think this city slash county is so great. And the mayor and I did research on Wikipedia. It was founded in 1870. All the stupid bullshit answers, right? We got into this to serve right. and protect and sliding it across car hoods. If you want to make an appreciable daily empirical self-initiated difference on a day-to-day fucking basis, you go out there, you do your fucking job, which is the motto of the show, and you enforce DWR. Yes. Instead of shirking your fucking duties. Right. I had another guest who said, you know, we don't get to be bad at any one thing. We have to be good at everything. Right. We have to be good at everything. And, you know, it's, it's, I think I've told you about this before. Uh, I remember I'd worked three days. I was at the tail end of, of working three days straight, which for us, that's when you work patrol at my current agency, it's three twelves, two off, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I was at the tail end of that third twelve. And of course, you're you're just ready to go home. And I was working day shift because it wasn't my choice. I was just I was working day shift at that time. And so 
Reckless Driver call came out, and it was 4 o'clock. And that's 4.30 is when we get off. And I was heading back to the station, and Reckless Driver call comes out. And so they pass by me. So I turn around, start following him. And when I finally uh, caught up to him, pulled him over, start talking to him, something's not right. Speaks only Spanish. And so after speaking with him and Do going, you speak Spanish? I do not speak Spanish. I had to have a friend who does speak Spanish, who's in law enforcement, called him up on the phone and conversed back and forth. His cousin agreed to come pick him up because I still, I, I, there, I don't see any evidence of drinking inside his, his, his car. He's standing straight. His eyes really aren't glossy or anything. Um, doesn't sound like he has a slur, but or he's not. Doesn't sound like you know. You're not seeing strong signs, but of something's not right. But you're just getting that feeling. And on the so back finally, of your I said, "Would you mind blowing into this PBT?" And game. As soon as I saw the results, game on. And so I'm like, "All right, here we go." So three you hours. You had later, him. You had him blow in a PBT without SFST. That's correct. Okay. <laughs> And so you got a high PBT. Definitely high enough. And you arrested him. Correct. Okay. And and actually had him submit to an SFST, and he, he performed Post, very poorly on it. Post-arrest? Uh, no, no, no. Not post-arrest. Uh, so after he blew in the PBT, uh-huh. went ahead and had him do the SFST, oh. and he performed very poorly on it. Uh-huh. And, of course, I had to have somebody interpret uh-huh. to him over the phone, and uh-huh. it actually worked shockingly well. <laughs> And finally at the jail, he met, yeah, he's been drinking all day. But no odor? Very little. Okay. And uh, hooked him up, to, or I had him blow into the intoxilizer, and I want to say like .16, something like I can't remember what it was, but it was well over the legal limit. Yeah. And so. But the point of that story was it was how many seconds, how many minutes before the shift end? Uh, 30. Yeah. After three long days, right? Mm-hmm. But you do it, because that's your fucking job. That's that's right. That's why we pay you the little bucks, the medium, right. the medium bucks. That's right. So, uh, you know, I will admit, uh, someone named <laughs> jumped up on my shoulder and said, "You know what to do." And I was like, "Yeah, I already know what to do." <laughs> Everybody says that uh, I'm the uh, either I'm not the angel that sits on your shoulder. I'm just the angry fucking China man who's like, "You better, you fucking goddamn, fucking better not let him go." Right. But y- you know. It really does boil down to do your job. Yes. And I gave you a lot of shit about, you know, your boring ass fucking drum can story. But I mean, you're part of this system that has to function properly and do its job in order for the citizens of your county to prosper. They don't want 15 gallons of fucking horse goddamn pain or whatever the fuck all over the fucking lawn. And yeah, it's a colossal pain in the fucking ball sack, but you got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. And that person is you. And, and, and if not you, then, then who? Right. And, and, and fortunately the head of my agency is, does not like seeing dumping in our county at all. Yeah, yeah, he is no, not a big fan of that, but yeah. he doesn't like DWIs either. Fortunately, so and, and so it, it does, and and kind of to your point, it 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 starts at the top, right? You came into an agency where now was the head the head at the time that you came in? Yes. Okay, so you came into this agency, and the head, you know, admittedly, especially with larger departments, can only handle so much. But you come right. in at a time where D- attitude toward DWIs, uh, you know, is is very lackadaisical. You make this initiative, and the bosses say, "Hey, you know what, Bob, go ahead and run with that." Yes. Yeah, and that's good, right? We need a good administration yes. to support us. Because hey, so, sometimes you will. I know some Texas sheriffs are not real big on traffic because they don't. God forbid, we don't want to lose a vote. Fortunately, I work for somebody that says 
write tickets if, if you need to mm-hmm. or if you have to or if you feel that it needs to be done mm-hmm. to go do traffic and forth go do your job mm-hmm. and so so he doesn't care if you make stops in the cities oh absolutely not that's great you know that's great and, and, and that is rare yeah for no Texas for sure. sheriffs yeah no absolutely but you know and, and my argument even before I came to this agency was like Las Vegas Metro has an elected sheriff they have 200 traffic units mm-hmm. all on motorcycles they're ticket riding Nazis I'm sure yeah. they have to be and the guy doesn't get voted the incumbent doesn't get voted out every time mm-hmm. so obviously I don't know I don't know where they come up with that well the biggest deterrent to crime is patrol right is, is active is a black police. and white on the road yeah right in front of police. you Thanks so much for listening, subscribing, and sharing. Please rate and review the show and follow us on all platforms. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Our website is nfipodcast.com, YouTube at NFI Podcast, and please reach out to us at podcast at nfipodcast.com. New episodes released weekly or whenever I feel like it. Help us spread the show, tell us what you think, and put a buddy on. I'll see you out there. Stay safe and remember, do your job. (laughs) 